Just a quick sound check. Can everybody uh, hear me okay? Tom, are you there? Yes, yes, I can hear you very well. Perfect. Um, okay. Um, yeah, we're just going to let the space fill up a little bit, guys, um, and invite everyone up onto the stage who needs to be here. Uh, so just bear with us, and we'll kick off in a couple of minutes. Okay, I think we're getting there. Larry, um, how are you doing, sir? Hey, hey, guys. Doing good. Doing well. Good, good. Good, yeah, we can hear you okay. And then we've got a Linky Link uh, surprise edition at the last minute. Uh, can you hear us okay? Yeah, I do. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. No problem. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. Okay, so I think we're just waiting for Spade and um, Davide from, from Delphi. Uh, so again, just, just, just bear with us for a couple more minutes. We'll let the place fill up and uh, we'll kick off soon. Okay, I think we've got Spade. Spade, are you with us? Hey, folks. Hey, hey. Can you hear me? Uh, well? And I think, yeah, very well. Awesome. Uh, un- un- unusual for you, actually. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I think we're just waiting for Davide. Um, but but me and you are going to have a little chat anyway about uh, last night's events. So uh, I think uh, if everyone's ready, we'll uh, we'll kick off and, and wait for Davide arri- to arrive. Uh, Tom, if you just have a quick look out for for Davide uh, arriving in the in the crowd and invite him up, that'd be great. Oh, of course. Perfect. Okay. Uh, in that case, then, uh, welcome everybody to another uh, Neutron Spaces. As always, just quickly need to remind people that uh, Neutron or NTRN is registered is not registered as a security in the US and therefore not available in the US or to US citizens. Uh, and indeed, Mars, which we'll be talking about today, uh, is also restricted in the US. Uh, and we'll post some links up in the uh, in the net so that you can see the the full details about those US restrictions. Um, and of course, also nothing you hear today should be considered financial advice. Uh, we will be discussing financial topics, particularly with, with Mars being a credit pro- protocol. Uh, we're discussing things like leverage, uh, and this is strictly for educational and entertainment purposes only and not financial advice. Uh, and of course, as always, we're, we're, jo- we're joined by uh, our general manager, Spade, today. Hello, Spade. Hey, folks. Good to be here. Hey. And uh, also, yet again, we're joined by Delphi Labs, um, different set of folks from Delphi today. Uh, we have uh, Linky Link. Uh, I'm not quite sure what, what Linky Link is doing. He's uh, a little bit of a last minute addition to the space. So, um, Yeah, I'm a, I'm a front-end dev and a contributor to the Mass Protocol. Perfect. Okay. And then uh, we also have Larry. And as I said, we're, we're waiting for, for Davide. Um, so, uh, what was that? Sorry. Uh, that David is here. He's here. Hey guys. Ah, got you. Hey yeah. David. Awesome. Okay, so yeah, so uh, so so Delphi Labs guys, welcome. Um, 
So we're here today to, to talk about the launch of Mars Protocol on Neutron, which actually happened last night. Um, and uh, unfortunately, there was a, a bit of an incident where um, shortly after the, the Mars launch, uh, the Neutron chain halted. So I think before we sort of get into the Mars issues, um, we'll, we'll, we'll just quickly discuss the, the Neutron halt from last night. Uh, so Spade, can, can you just give us a little bit of a, a summary of exactly what happened last night? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, basically, you... Broadly speaking, there's two types of upgrades that you can uh, that you can go through for a Cosmos blockchain, right? So one of them is you're shipping code that does not lead validators with different versions to end up with different results for a block. Um, so that's what we call like non-consensus breaking uh, upgrades. And then there are those that change the code in such a way that you know it would lead to disagreements between the validators. Um, if uh, an upgrade is consensus breaking, it should be coordinated so that all validators basically gather um, at a specific time and hey, let's uh, deal with the upgrade together so that you know we hold for ten minutes or something and then the blockchain is back up. Um, we published, we proposed an upgrade um, like last week to resolve some like um, minor security concerns that were not um, exploitable or exploited, but still you know were security concerns last week. And that was not supposed to be consensus breaking um, because in none of the mainline changes um, were consensus breaking. But there was um, a, a very tiny portion of the code in a handler that did have in one interaction that was consensus breaking. And so what happened is that validators started upgrading in their own terms at their own pace that did not break consensus until you know that basically got triggered and um, validators with different versions started having different view of the of the block basically and not agreeing anymore so we lost consensus um, our team basically you know identified the problem about 10 minutes after the the the, the halt we in, like looked into it and found the you know the the remediation the fix basically um, the final fix about an hour afterwards um, but then it actually took a lot longer to get back to consensus because um, validators on different time zones and with different amounts of voting power basically took um, some some time to basically you know understand um, that something needed to happen and that they needed to basically you know upgrade their nodes and such. And so overall, it took about eight hours to bring the the blockchain back online. Um, that being said, that was like um, great learning experience in that I think we will propose as a policy for the entire chain and for any upgrade, whether they're proposed by us or any other team to essentially be treated as a consensus breaking up upgrade in the future, unless they're like super urgent security fixes, in which case it might be worse to take the risk. But basically, um, we don't expect that this sort of incident will ever happen again. Um, and it also allowed us to, you know, um, improve our internal monitoring as well, so that, you know, whatever happens on Neutron, we can react like a lot faster as well in the future. Um, so it's, it's more of a, you know, bad timing that Unfortunately, it, it that happened just after the Mars launch. On the other side, though, um, what what I guess is fortunate is that like the ecosystem on top of Neutron currently is such that there's not a lot of damage that that can happen from you know the chain halting. The funds are basically um, safe and secure, and so you know no new user funds were lost. Whereas in you know in in the case, for example, if Ethereum halted because there's like you know prices continue to um, to change over time during the halt, and because there may be like leveraged positions and such, um, then you could have a situation where basically being halted could create trouble. Um, that was not the case for Neutron, so so that that's pretty good um, that we get this experience now and we can avoid that problem in the future.
Um, hope that provides some some context. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think hopefully it does. Um, I, I think basically the, the the main point I just wanted to sort of get across was like the the halt was absolutely nothing to do with Mars protocol. It was it was completely unrelated, right? Oh yeah, absolutely nothing to do. Yeah. Perfect. And and basically, no funds were lost. Everything's safe. Um, Mars is now live. Neutron's back online, and and everyone's happy, and we can all go about lending and borrowing on Mars. Okay. Okay, so in that in that case, then, um, so yeah, basically, sorry for all the uh, the sort of the hassle last night with that with Mars Protocol. Obviously, uh, not um, the ideal sort of launch scenario, but we're all good now, um, and here we are, and um, we have uh, Davide with us now, I believe. You do, you do. Okay. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so now we sort of got all the stuff a bit out of the way about the halt. Um, maybe you could just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, what you do at, at Mars, and. Um, Possibly just give us a bit of an overview about about what Mars does. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I am a uh, I, I work for Delphi Labs. I am a Mars contributor, um, and yeah. So in, in terms of Mars, uh, Mars is not you know um, I, I know the, the main functionality that people a lot of people talk about is is, uh, is lending and borrowing, but it's 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 really more than that. It's more it's about uh, creating essentially a leverage layer for DeFi hubs. So Neutron is is a chain, is a DeFi hub. So a chain uh, with, you know, the aim to, to accumulate a lot of DeFi activity. Uh, so Mars essentially has this vision that whenever there's a chain uh, that is a DeFi hub and, and has liquidity and a need for leverage, essentially we, we want to be there and, and provide that, that, that leverage layer maybe through traditional lending and borrowing or through our um, credit accounts that enable massive capital efficiency. So I think at a, at a really high level, this is what Mars is, just a leverage, uh, a leverage layer for DeFi chains. And that's why we're really excited to be on Neutron because of the, because uh, of like your, your guys' vision and goals uh, are very much aligned with us. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, I think that's very much the case. Um, and just just quickly as well, um, while while we've got you, while we're doing the introductions, um, Larry, um, are you either? Hey, hey guys, uh, my name is Larry. I'm a smart contract developer at Mars. I think before we we get into the nitty gritty of, of of Mars, one thing that that would be super interesting to hear about is like, um, Larry, my understanding is that you were sort of the initial architect of the you know, vision for, hey, actually, you know, the, the the protocol could have its own app chain as like this coordinating hub and then outposts that would, you know, sort of like provide the um, the leverage as a service kind of like to all of these ecosystems, right? What, what kind of like informed, um, you know, at, at least let's say your, 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 your vision for this specific technical architecture as opposed to um, kind of like the comp compound or other um, lending and borrowing platforms, which, you know, or sort of like, hey, let's just deploy a small contract somewhere, and then potentially we'll go multi-chain by redeploying small contracts to other ecosystems later. Yeah, I think you actually mentioned two separate things. One is the outpost model, and the other is uh, our leverage product, right? So on the out... Anybody else um, lose Larry there? Yeah, 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 I did. Not just oh, you. Okay. I think it just... It, it just oh, muted. Sorry, we can hear you now. Okay. We can hear you now. Okay, so where did it drop? Uh, uh, you were saying there's basically two sides to things. There's okay. the Opus model and then there's the leverage product. Uh, I can't currently hear you. Yeah, sorry guys. The um, 
I'm using the web page uh, for this space, which is kind of glitchy. Um, <laughs> let, let, let me let me drop out and uh, come in with, with my phone. All right. Yeah, sounds I'll good. That's probably a good idea. Cheers, Larry. And then these spaces. I know, yeah. Always the case, isn't it? Um, okay, so you you're saying that basically Larry's going to start talking about outposts and uh, and what was the one the smart contract side of things? Uh, yeah, I think the outpost model is 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 probably the the most interesting thing because I, I think he was one of the uh, one of the folks that sort of like brought this to Cosmos and the industry actually, and so like would would love to hear like his his thoughts on the matter. Yeah, of course. I mean, while we're sort of touching on outposts, then um, I think. Most people will probably know Mars from from having posted their their first outpost on on Osmosis, right? Um, and Neutron is going to be the the second um, outpost of of Mars. So, is there going to be any sort of major fundamental differences between the, the two outposts at, at the moment? Yeah, I can I can take that. Yeah. So uh, the the only difference uh, at this point is that we have on uh, on Osmosis. Uh, so think of Mars as different, uh, sort of like pieces of functionality, right? Um, so right now on Osmosis, we have what we call Mars V1, which is the lending and borrowing, so the red bank, plus we have leverage yield farming uh, through uh, like a light version of our credit accounts, which is this new DeFi primitive that, that we were introducing in Cosmos. Um, and while on Neutron, we deployed the lending and, borrow function, uh, lending and borrowing functionality, so the, so the money market functionality, the red bank. Uh, we, we don't have leverage yield farming or any of the credit account functionality yet on Neutron. That's the difference. So, yeah. so, so this is sort of coming later down the line, is it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, it, 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 so ultimately, this goes into the Mars vision, uh, which I think Larry can speak now. So, <laughs> but yeah, so the, the idea is that uh, for, uh, for Mars V2, which is, you know, like our uh, kind of like the iteration, uh, like uh, the next iteration of Mars, uh, we will have uh, the full uh, credit account functionality available. And, and so that is really uh, at its core, Mars essentially, as I said earlier, wants to act as this leverage layer. And then really the primitive that we're introducing uh, for the first time, essentially in, in, in Cosmos and DeFi is, uh, is, is, is the credit account primitive, which essentially is... Think of like FTX sub accounts, but for 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 DeFi, where essentially any asset that you're holding in your credit account, which which is in an NFT, basically, um, essentially can act as collateral in the account, so essentially um, enabling great capital efficiency. So what this means is that you know you might have a spot asset like Neutron, right, or you might have you know an LSD, uh, you know ST Atom, right, as a spot asset that you're holding in your account, um, and that can act as collateral for uh, for for things like leverage yield farming, right? So, so you can you can farm and then a um, an astroport pool on Neutron, and that LP can also act as collateral on your on your account, right? So you really any asset that you're holding there act as collateral, acts as collateral, um, and 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 really enables a lot of a lot of like really good things that you can do. So like you can do like you know, things like delta neutrals or like leverage yield farming. You can do leverage yield farming by itself. You can uh, do margin trading. You can do spot trading. Uh, you can margin trade, and then the asset that you're the margin you're holding, you're taking a DGN long position on. You you can lend it out in the red bank and earn yield. There's really lots of things that you can do, and and I think I think as as we launch Mars V2, these these use cases will come, you know, uh, will become evident, and it really is like this first iteration of the, of, of our vision, which is kind of like to replicate sort of like a centralized exchange experience in in DeFi, 
uh, but actually make it better because um, in DeFi, you'll have access to all the DeFi primitives that we are deploying on. So that's a little bit in a nutshell. I didn't want to take too much. Uh, uh, I know Larry can speak now, so he can talk about the, the Optos model, but that is the vision. Yeah. I actually think that that's like one of the the super interesting things about uh, about Mars. So like we we can definitely like take some more time to talk about this and then go back to the outpost model like whenever. And like, like I mean, both of you can talk to the the credit accounts model. But like, what do you think as to sort of like make it? I think you've described it pretty well. But just to 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 make um, very sort of like palatable and 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 clear the sort of things that can be built using uh, using this sort of like model this, the, in this vision. Um, what what sort of integrations are you perhaps like most excited about or think will be like most exciting to 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 DeFi users in general um, with the Mars credit accounts and 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 Mars's like leverage capabilities? Yeah, definitely. So so there's two things, right? One is um, is is basically that any uh, the uh, within the credit manager, uh, uh, you know, which. Is, is something that uh, Larry came up with, but um, it's, it's, it's the credit manager is a smart contract that we deploy on chains that have the logic of the credit accounts. So within the credit manager, we can whitelist essentially any DeFi primitive that's available on a chain. Uh, so neutral, for example, that can act as collateral uh, and we can provide leverage to, right? And so, so how do you provide leverage to these things? You essentially uh, are able to, uh, you, you just allow them to, Bar, you allow the user essentially in the credit account to borrow uh, from from the red bank and use those assets as as leverage. So for leverage LPing and so on, right? So so what what use cases are there? What kind of assets would we whitelist? So all sorts of things. It could be simple tokens like you know the usual token, LSDs, and that in itself is pretty cool because using LSDs as collateral is is a great use case. You're holding the token and you're you're in you're embedded in it. And you're also holding the staking yield, right? But the, what's really also cool is like things like again like using Astroport, passive concentrated liquidity pools, perhaps as as uh, the LPs of that as this collateral in your account, uh, leveraging those up, uh, or any anyone can come on Neutron and essentially just build vaults, right? And you can do all sorts of interesting strategies with vaults. You can do uh, auto compounding, auto rebalancing, and then um, really you know Apollo vaults for example. Apollo builds uh, you know has built vaults for us on, on Osmosis, but you know, potentially they can come on Neutron, right? And then build vaults there as well, or Astroport could do it. But basically all sorts of any, any. Um, you, so you can create these vaults that can use these uh, sort of like uh, basic DeFi primitives or new as new DeFi primitives come and become available, they can act as collateral on the credit account. On top of that, um, uh, actually vaults can actually be built even using the credit account, just like wrapping around the credit account and using it essentially as a leverage layer. So like think of Quasar, right? They're building cross-chain vaults, right? To do uh, sort of like uh, leverage LPing, index LPing, where essentially each LP is like an index, is, is treated like an index, right? And so like you could actually, they could actually use Mars credit accounts to, to achieve leverage on these, right? So they can boost the returns, right? Um, another thing is calculated finance that they're building asset management. So like this, this means like taking all these sorts of like active strategies and really, you know, like more advanced strategies, these can actually just like wrap around credit accounts and use them as a leverage layer. Right. So there's all sorts of things that can happen. And, and I think as, as we launch Mars V2, people are going to start seeing the, the, this and, and the really cool thing about it is that it's not just, you know, it's not just like a DJ thing. It's really, it's a way to create capital efficiency. 
uh, on that chain itself, right? So, so in the moment that you can actually lever up things in, in on that chain, you're actually providing liquidity to, 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 to the chain, right? Through through LPs uh, or through like tokens. And what that does, it actually makes the chain more efficient, like and 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 and, and traders get better prices and ultimately benefits everyone. I think that's super exciting. You did mention, um, for example, like Apollo vaults, and I see that we have like the the Doc Father in the audience uh, here. I don't know if it's doxing by saying that like that person may be contributing to a vault making project called Apollo. Uh, but if you want to hop on stage and come discuss like strategies with us, like that that that, that would be super cool. In in the meantime, I, I do have a question, which is that it, it seems that within the credit accounts, right, you can have like very broad types of collateral, right? Um, and so I, I assume that there's some um, mechanism that's required for the leverage primitive to essentially remain, um, you know, to avoid bad debt and, and remain like liquid and secure um, for, for the lenders as well. And so I, I wonder, like, what are the implications on the uh, security model of, you know, having generalized this sort of like infrastructure for leverage, um, enabling people to have like a lot more exotic positions like LP positions, LSDs, vault tokens and, and, uh, and such uh, being available to as, as collateral? Um, can like, how do you monitor the value of these things? How do you um, do, like, does it require whitelisting? And if so, like, how does that happen? And then how are like liquidations processed? Yeah, it's actually it's actually a really good question. Um, so a leverage protocol is only going to be as good as the risk framework, the risk mechanism and the risk decisions that are made by that protocol. Um, and also like what what sort of like moat it's got to protect itself uh, and how quickly it can recover from things. So all these things are, are really important at the center of Mars. Uh, we have a really, really, um, I, you know, I don't want to boast but too much, but it's, it's a really good risk team. Um, and we actually published uh, quite a quite a what I believe to be quite innovative, innovative risk framework uh, to how to, to make these decisions that you mentioned. So, um, and it's, it, I can, you know, it's, it's actually, uh, it's been tweeted by us in the past. It's, it's on our website. Uh, I encourage everybody to look at it. It's, it's, a, it's a GitHub. Um, and the idea is this, not every asset can be listed as collateral on Mars, of course. Like, so, so there is any asset that wants, so any asset that, that could potentially, that, that can be used by credit account has to go through sort of like a risk evaluation, right? Um, and the way that works is that there's a bunch of things that you look at, right? And you kind of touched some of these, what you were mentioning, we were talking earlier. One is essentially kind of like a yes or no thing. Like, can this asset be listed uh, on Mars as collateral, right? And, and then what do you, what do you the, the way you determine that you look at things like um, sort of like uh, centralization risk, smart contract risk uh, and all that, right? And even liquidity, like how much liquidity does it have on chain, off chain? And if it's below a certain amount, you know, um, it doesn't it, it doesn't make sense. So it's more like a yes or no. It can be whitelisted, can it not be whitelisted? So it's it's a very if it's a very long tail asset with very low liquidity and, and big centralization risk and, and price manipulation risk, it's probably it's most likely not going to be listed whitelisted on Mars. Now, if it goes through that rigorous framework and and the answer is yes, it can be whitelisted, then 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 the next question is what risk parameters sort of like do you can should we be attributing to this to this collateral in mars now it's important to understand that um not all collateral is equal right so like i can actually have i don't i don't know like um like a token i'm gonna come up with an example like neutron right as collateral uh the neutron token or i could have 
you know, something like uh, Bitcoin, right? WBTC, for example, right? Now, they're not going to be equal because um, the two have different sort of like, um, first of all, they have different liquidity, but also they have different um, what I would call conditional value or risk, which means the way they moved, right? The, the volatility of that asset, like how much does it move, right? Um, ultimately, you know, if an asset is more volatile, it's got higher conditional value or risk, essentially it means that um, you probably want to, you probably want to consider less of that asset, uh, less of that asset in your, um, in, in your, your account as collateral. So what that means is that that's also called collateral power. So what that means is that, um, this is the concept of max LTV. So basically if I have hundred you know dollars worth of neutron, I'm probably going to consider like, I don't know, $50 worth of that as collateral versus if I have hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin, WBTC, for example, I'll probably like consider like $80 worth of that as collateral. Right. That is that, that difference is like a buffer between a user that, has an unhealthy account to a user gets liquidated. It gives you essentially that time to for a liquidator for for a healthy liquidation system that goes in and liquidates um, accounts that are not healthy. Um, so so that's the concept of collateral power, right? So determined by the max LTVs. That's one risk parameter. Another risk parameter. I don't want to get too much in details, but another risk parameter essentially is is what we call supply caps, deposit caps, basically. So that that you know protects against sort of like the ability for a liquidator to liquidate, right? So if if you know. So let's take a step back. So when I'm holding a credit account, essentially I will have assets, right? I will have collateral and then I will have debt assets that I think, uh, you know, uh, tokens that I borrowed, right? Um, and so an account to be deemed healthy, uh, the, the, the collateral, uh, the adjusted collateral um, uh, total needs to be more than the debt, right? Adjusted by the max LTVs, essentially the, by their collateral power, right? So it needs to be, the account needs to have more adjusted collateral than its debt. So if it does not, then it, it can be, it's unhealthy and it can be liquidated, right? So for it to be liquidated, um, the liquidator needs to be paid a liquidation bonus. Now um, that liquidation bonus essentially needs to be uh, enough so that if the liquidator gets a collateral and bids on it and sells it on, on that chain, uh, you know, the slippage, is, is not higher than the liquidation bonus. Otherwise, they're not going to be profitable. They're not going to want to liquidate. And that means that the protocol risk of bad debt increases significantly. So to protect yourself from that, you know, you, you have, we have used deposit caps, right? That essentially guarantees that we don't have much, uh, we don't have more than a certain amount of exposure of an asset in Mars, right? So that's why you'll see, for example, already in the Red Bank, you'll see that we have caps, right? That's what these caps are protecting us from, you know, are guaranteeing that essentially helping us it to, to make sure that liquidators can liquidate profitably and ultimately we don't get bad debt. Um, and I can go more into other things. For example, what you mentioned is how do you, I think you were talking about how do you price these, uh, these more exotic type of positions, like LP positions, right? So there is, so we have, uh, we have an Oracle contract that we use uh, that has uh, LP pricing methodology. Ultimately, the way it works is that, you know, an LP is going to have a certain amount of, an LP position is going to be equivalent to a certain amount of tokens, right? Uh, so, so what it does, it, it you know, it actually kind of like breaks that down into the underlying tokens and then determines what the price is of those tokens at any block, right? That that needs to be, uh, that that prices needs to be evaluated. Um, but we also integrated with Pith, uh, which is 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 a is a really um, is a decentralized Oracle solution which provides us prices, um, and then that helps us like price properly tokens as well as like you know in this methodology LP positions, um, and then and we can talk more about that as well, but. Ideally, there's a lot of risk considerations that that go into this, uh, and and including, um, you know, in the case that 
all these things fail, um, essentially, and, and you do incur in some bad debt, um, what do you do in that case, right? And that's, that's, that's why we have a safety fund, which means that a percentage of protocol revenue um, that we collect in Mars on the outposts will go to the safety fund in the form of stable coins. And, and safety fund is just a moat to, to, to help us, to help us like take care of bad debt in case there is any. Ideally, there's not. Uh, but nothing is perfect, right? It, it can happen. Uh, like you, you know, ideally not what happened to Ave recently, but <laughs> that that is that is the that is the goal of that. Um, but what I would say to answer your last question around how do how do you um, how do these risk parameters and these decisions how do they happen? Essentially, any person can um, go through governance uh, and and in Mars and and then try to whitelist an asset and then make suggestions on risk parameters. We have a framework that we recommend to be used. Um, and then, you know, the Philabs has, has, uh, has used that to, to determine essentially, like to make recommendations, but ultimately it's the DAO, that, the Mars DAO that votes, uh, Mars stakers vote and they decide, you know, if, if we want to whitelist an asset and, and if there is parameters that are being suggested, you know, are the proper ones. So um, I can go more detail, but I think this actually feeds really well into the conversation about the outpost model. How does Mars Hub works? How does governance work? And I think Larry can do a really good job at explaining that. Well, thanks for the segue then. Yeah, let, let's do it. And then uh, I, I think afterwards we can dive into um, sort of like some of the cool DeFi, DGen or not so DGen things that, that can be done with all of these primitives once we understand them super properly. So Larry, would you want to um, take the floor and, and talk us about the sort of like the outpost architecture? Yeah, sure. So the first thing I, I would like to clarify is that our Mars outpost model is different from other outpost model that have been discussed, such as osmosis or stargazes. Uh, in osmosis case, for example, let's say they deploy an outpost on Neutron in the form of a smart contract. And if you want to make a, make a token swap, you interact with that smart contract. And behind the scene, what really happens is your tokens gets transferred to osmosis a swap, the swap happens on osmosis and the output token gets sent back to you via IBC. So the key thing here is that the, the swap, the actual economic activity happens not on Neutron, the outpost chain, but on osmosis, the home chain. So if you think about uh, our competitor, UMI, right? UMI doesn't have a, an, an outpost built yet, but let's say they, they, they had then what happens would be you interact with the contract on the outpost chain, your token gets sent to UMI chain, you borrow tokens on UMI chain, and that gets sent back over IBC. So economic activity happens on the home chain, not on the outpost chain. However, in our case, it is different. What we do is we deploy uh, copies of our lending market smart contracts on each chain. Right, so we, we we currently deploy on Osmosis, and we deploy the same copy of contracts on Neutron. So when you interact with these contracts, you don't go to Mars chain. You, if you are on Neutron, you directly interact with the Neutron contracts. If you are on Osmosis, you directly interact with the Osmosis contract. You don't need to do you don't need to travel to Mars chain via IBC to do stuff. Um, Okay, so when I said it's a long story, uh, that was because when we first conceived this design, uh, that I think that was in April last year, right before the Terra crash. If you look at my 
um, my forum post, my white paper on Mars Protocol Forum, we actually uh, proposed a, a mechanism to merge these uh, outpost, uh, outposts together, right? So if you think about our current design, a, a big drawback is the fragmentation of liquidity. So if you have USDC on osmosis outpost, you have USDC on neutron outpost, those USDCs are not shared, right? So when you when you borrow on Neutron, you only have access to liquidity on Neutron. You don't have access to liquidity on Osmosis. So our design back then was our app chain, Mars chain, can can work as a, a liquidity allocator, right? So the outpost can observe. Let's say it observes that there is a high demand of USDC on Neutron, but low supply. If it also observes that there is a high supply of osmos uh, of USDC on osmosis but low demand, then it can intelligently alloc uh, move liquidity from osmosis to uh, to neutron, right? Uh, in, in this case, the liquidities are shared, and we have we, we get better capital efficiency. Um, so as you may know, we currently do not have this mechanism implemented. Uh, and, and there are several reasons. One is technical difficulty. It's, it's just a pretty daunting engineering task. And the second reason is more on the risk side, right? So because each Cosmos chain has different level of security, now we can probably argue that Neutron is more secure than Osmosis, right? Because it is secured by a Cosmos Hub validator set, which has a very big market cap. However, um, let's say you deposit some USDC on Neutron and Mars Hub reallocates your USDC to Osmosis, then you're actually exposed to more risk. And that might not be something desirable for, for, some, for some investors. Um, so... These are the two reasons we have not pursued this design yet. So currently, we do have this liquidity fragmentation problem. This being said, we have an app chain. And the good thing about app chain is customizability and sovereignty, right? We can, we can customize our chain however we like based on our needs. So maybe in the future, we figure out how to deal with the risk problem. Maybe in the future, IBC technology gets more matured and it becomes easy to build such a mechanism. Then we can we can do that, right? Uh, so, yeah. Awesome. I think that Thank covers you. it. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I, I think just like a, a quick follow-up question on this is, um, so you, you sort of like reintroduced the idea that like there's different ways to do outposts. Um, the personal way that I had been referring to these is like Osmosis and Stargaze, for example, because they don't have any of the business logic on the chain where the outpost is deployed. I call them like lean outposts, um, whereas like protocols like Mars or maybe, you know, in a future iteration, like maybe Astroport or other protocols, uh, I would tend to call them like fat outposts because the, 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 the application logic, the business logic is actually deployed there. And the sort of like the hub um, mostly serves as kind of like a coordination layer between between these things. Um, and now these, you know, like this this model that you described, it has implications in terms of um, security zones and in terms of, of UX as well, right? Could you walk us through so like sort of some of the benefits of um, the, the the fat outpost or like the, the Mars uh, playbook um, for, for outposts? Yeah, I think the biggest benefit is uh, it is extremely easy to integrate 
third-party protocols uh, on the chain. So uh, on Osmosis, we integrate with Apollo. So Apollo is a protocol that develops uh, yield farming vaults. So currently we have several vaults like Atom, Osmo, WBTC Osmo, etc. Um, so with Mars V2, you can deposit into deposit some funds into those vaults and while at the same time use some other funds to do leverage trading. And those two two sorts of assets will cross collateralize with it with each other. Um, and that is that is a great benefit. That is something that you do not find in any other DeFi protocol, right? Um, and this is possible uh, thanks to the fact that our protocol is, lo is located on Osmosis on the same chain as the Osmosis DEX and Apollo DAO. So if, if we had built, if we had put our protocol on Mars chain instead of on Osmosis, then integrating these Apollo vaults will be tremendously more difficult because every time you make a deposit or withdrawal, it needs to go through IBC, right? Um, if asset prices change, then, uh, then the outpost needs to report your health factor to Mars Hub via IBC, which uh, so that Mars, Mars Hub can calculate your health factor and liquidate you if, if necessary. Um, and that, that has to go through IBC as well. And you know the problem with IBC, I think are, there are two, two main problems that add to engineering difficulty. One is that uh, latency, right? So if you, if you want to send a cross-chain uh, packet, that needs to be confirmed on both chains. So instead of one block execution time, you need to wait two blocks on each chain. Uh, I mean, one block on each chain, two, two combined, right? And the second is, when you design a cross-chain protocol, you need, to, you need to design it in a way that it still works, even if some IBC connections drops, drops dead, right? Because we cannot assume cross-chain connections are always stable, will always work. We need, to, we need to think defensively, right? We need to make our protocol work even if some IBC connections are halted or dead, right? Um, and this is tremendously difficult if our protocol involves uh, leverage, right? Because when you have leverage, your protocol bears liabilities. And if you don't do certain things on time, it might incur bad debt. Um, so if, if you think about it, we, we don't really have a very good design that uh, meets this requirement. Uh, so I think given the current available technology, um, using our FAT outpost model makes it much easier to, to build new features, integrate third-party protocols. Uh, so I think it is the right choice given what's available to us. Yeah, I, th I think that makes a lot of sense. I think, so, you know, you outlined, one, it's easier to build um, with, to integrate with. Um, two, it's more secure because since the logic is isolated on, on one blockchain and it doesn't rely on external components, even in the case of like an IBC failure, the protocol um, basically continues to work and continues to be secure. I would also add that like, I mean, I think you touched upon this, right, with latency, but from a user ex like experience perspective as well, like when I when I go and deposit on Mars and then decide to borrow, I don't need to wait for like five blocks um, or, or whatever 
um, on two blockchains that may have like different block times and and and, and what have you before my transaction is actually um, executed, right? So like I do it, and four seconds later, in the next neutron block, that's it. I have my 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 leverage position. Um, did you want to add something? Yeah, no, everything you're saying is exactly right. And I think I think I can just walk through like a really, really uh, important use case of why this is important, right? Um, specifically, like, uh, besides all these things, like liquidations, right? So the way generally liquida liquidator, like liquidation works is that the liquidator tries to be sort of like market neutral, right? They, they don't want to take any sort of like uh, necessarily market risk. So that means they want to take necessarily, they don't want to be holding asset, volatile assets, right? What they're probably going to be holding in their account is going to be, you know, stables, right? So the way, so the, for the way, the way for them to be market neutral and capital efficient, by the way, is is to use a mechanism similar to flash loans, where essentially uh, they they see their account that can be liquidated. So what they do is that within the same transaction, they borrow. This is all in one transaction and in in one block, right? They essentially borrow. Uh, the debt asset from the Red Bank from from our money market. They use that to pay off the debt of the of the account that that can be liquidated. Then they bid on one of the collateral. They essentially swap that collateral on the decks on on that you know on that chain and and then uh, for that debt asset. And then essentially whatever is left is going to be their their liquidation bonus, which they'll probably swap to like stables all in one transaction, right? If they can't do that in one transaction. Uh, it becomes like difficult for them to do liquidations in a, in a, in a predictable, predictably profitable and capital efficient way. So uh, that's just one example. There's other examples that Larry brought up, uh, but this ability to like you know uh, execute transactions atomically in in one in, in you know like uh, in one block, it, it's important. And I think that um, I think that as Larry mentioned, the technology in Cosmos is not there, but I think we're we're making strides in the right direction, and eventually. There's going to be eventually we'll get there. I'm super confident we'll get there. Uh, the, the question is, you know, like uh, it's more like when we'll get there, basically. But and then we are Mars. We're always like, you know, we always looking for a way to to um, once we are in the right directions to sort of like you know uh, update our architecture to 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 include these cross chain transactions and and take advantage of that. Thanks for that. Um, well, one thing I'll just throw in there um, before before the show today, uh, I actually saw uh, Davide's presentation at OsmoCon uh, where he talked about uh, a lot of the possibilities for the future of Mars and V2. Um, so if anyone would like a, a sort of a recap on 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 that side of things from, from Mars, I think I'd, I'd recommend checking that out. I believe that's on, on, uh, on YouTube now. Um, and okay, so so we've we've had a bit of a, a deep dive into into sort of what's possible with Mars here. And Spade, you mentioned that um, it'd be interesting to have a, a chat with the dog father who is now up on stage. So uh, the dog father, I'm, I'm sorry I haven't met you before, but uh, maybe maybe Spade can give you a bit of an intro. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll let you introduce yourself, uh, but but just super interested to um, to know now that we have this new primitive for leverage on on neutron, what kind of like crazy DeFi stuff can uh, can can get built on there, uh, sir? Yeah, yeah, I'll um keep keep it brief. I kind of just woke up 20 minutes ago or so, but yeah, I think um the things that that I'm definitely most excited for is that the like kind of how they were explaining the their um, outpost model. We kind of have a, a similar thesis as well, so it's been really great to work with the Mars team and, and all of that pretty closely. Uh, so basically, we kind of wait for them to deploy their outpost, um, and then that's where we access our leverage for the leverage yield farming. Um, so that's why I'm also really excited for stuff like Mars V2. Which I think just opens up a lot more possibilities. But as far as kind of what we plan to do um, with with the neutron outpost, um, obviously we're going to work on deploying some Apollo vaults 
um, with and without leverage um, on Neutron. So I think the one that I'll, I'll probably be most excited for is the liquid staking vaults. So stuff like being able to basically um, lever up on like a, a staked ETH, ETH position or staked Adam Adam position. I think those seem to be the, the best places for, for leverage as they're kind of price, um, somewhat price neutral, um, as opposed to, to kind of like the other pools that I guess takes a little bit of impermanent loss and maybe takes more rebalancing and a little bit more kind of attention. But I think one thing that that's going to be really good on Neutron compared to our Osmosis vaults, um, just with like the nature of leverage, um, having like no lock, the 14 day lock can be a, a little rough for, for leverage unless you're really like careful with your position. So I think that like, as you say, like what, what degenerate stuff can you do is I think people will be able to kind of rebalance and go in and out of these like leverage vaults um, on Astroport uh, a, a lot easier. So I think that'll, that'll be a really good UX for people. And then obviously bringing in a lot of collateral such as like staked ETH, I think will expand, um, kind of expand the collateral options a lot uh, on the Neutron Outpost. So I'm kind of definitely excited for, for bringing that over as like kind of like a big fan of using ETH as collateral personally. But um, yeah, I think I'll just keep it quick. And uh, if anyone has any, any other questions, yeah, happy to answer. But if not, it's my uh, little spiel for the day. <laughs> awesome. Thanks a lot. Yeah, that, that was great. Thanks. Let's do, a, let's do an entire space when you, when you guys deploy some volts on Neutron, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, for I, sure. And I invite some of the smarter people up from Apollo too to, to really explain it better than me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you understand yourself, sir. Um, what, I, I guess before we move into the, 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 the QA session and allow everybody here to like ask questions to the Mars team, uh, ourselves or, or, and, 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 um, and Alan from Apollo, um, I, I think we could have kind of like a, a blitz sort of, uh, format here whereby, so, right. So we've established that Mars has this leverage and credit account primitive that is, um, easily composable and integratable. With um, with other protocols such as, for example, like Mars and the vaults that they can build on Astroport and and what have you, right? Now, Neutron also has an interesting primitive, which is that um, which is like voting vaults, right? So the ability to grant voting power not just to the native kind of like vanilla representation of um, of NTRN, but also to, for example, NTRN that would be um, deployed let's say as an LP position, as is, for example, the case since the, the, the launch event, whereby, you know, the um, liquidity providers there um, to today enjoy voting power because they, they have, um, you know, an NTRN atom or an NTRN UCC position. Um, now, in, let's say, 30 seconds, um, what is the most kind of like interesting way that you can come up with to combine these sort of like primitives into something that, that would be uh, an interesting flywheel or something that would be really great for the decentralization of one protocol or the other or something like this. Uh, if, you, if, if you'd like to play along, I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, and yeah, let's start the clock, I guess. <laughs> I think before we start the clock on that one, um, we'll, we'll just give you a little bit of, uh, bit of thinking time. And uh, while you're thinking, um, we will open up the floor to, to questions pretty soon. Uh, so if anybody in the crowd wants to, uh, to come up and ask a question of Mars or Spade uh, or make any comments, then, then you're welcome to do so. Uh, just request to speak. Come up. Uh, if you just keep yourself uh, muted, we'll, uh, we'll bring you in to, to ask, ask, ask your questions. So, uh, so yeah, so Spade, do you mind just firing off that question again, please? Yeah, for sure. Um, do you have any sort of like 
intuition from the top of your head of an interesting primitive that could be built by composing DeFi protocols, Mars's credit accounts, and potentially the ability of neutron voting vaults to grant voting power to um, you know NTRN in, in, in its various forms. So for example, NTRN liquidity pools or NTRN in deposited in Mars or, or, or what have you. Um, yeah, is there anything interesting as an idea to throw out there uh, that, 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 that you guys can come, come up with? All right. Definitely. Any suggestions? It's, it's a hard question. Uh, yeah, definitely toughest question of the night for sure. How, how about you? <laughs> like, what, what would you like to see? Like, I mean, it's actually sort of on my on my agenda to talk to you about this. Like, um, it must be kind of quite satisfying for you to sort of see um, all these sort of DeFi primitives, you know, taking shape now on, on Neutron, and we start to see things sort of materialize. So. It, I guess the question is like, are you sort of happy with what you see and are you excited about what, what's being built and, and what's, what's coming? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, um, you know, things are, are rolling out on their own pace and like building all of these things like take time. But to be honest, like I'm, I'm super excited about, you know, the, 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 the road so far and like so, some of the milestones that are upcoming. I think Mars is a super big piece of this, um, of this puzzle, especially with like liquid staking coming to Neutron as well, whereby, you know, enabling like leverage um, liquid staking um, is something that has seen a lot of um, a lot of adoption in in Ethereum, and then with a primitive such as the credit account, like having the ability to both you know help secure um, blockchains that you care about, the, the DeFi ecosystems, or or just like you know Cosmos blockchains in general that you care about, whilst also enabling uh, well you know getting that that staking yield so that you're not um, you know, like faced with opportunity cost due to the fact that you're not staking. So like, you know, removing that, that hurdle of opportunity cost, getting the yield, um, and getting the ability to, on top of things, also be able to like free up some of the liquidity, some of the value of this, uh, of this position to then participate in DeFi and try out things like, you know, auto compounding vaults or other types of like, um, strategies like Delta neutral or what have you. Um, I think it's going to be like super interesting in, in like really bringing an expressive DeFi ecosystem to the chain. And I think some of these primitives will actually be like super useful to like even bigger actors like than, than ourselves, like as retail users, but like, uh, but, but to like, for example, like institutions and DAOs themselves might want to actually uh, use these primitives, right? Like, hey, how about I can edge the exposure of my treasury um, using some degree of like leverage to basically take a short position on an asset that I'm structurally long uh, upon so that I reduce my downside risk if the market turns around and that kind of stuff. I think that there's like, uh, you know, a, a wide variety of use cases that can be built around this. I think this is like a fundamental primitive um, of the ecosystem. And, and I'm glad that, you know, like folks like um, like Davide and, and Larry uh, that are like particularly like thoughtful builders, both on the like technical and like implementation um, and on the, so like approach to risk management um or 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 you know undertaking that work in the in the ecosystem basically um right to kick off the you know to provide an answer and let, let's see if you guys can come up with with anything but uh you know otherwise like no no, no worries but like one of the things that i think could be interesting is you know um, at gateway i throw out this idea of hey um how about we you know using neutrons kind of like modular governance for sure how about we recreate um so like a VE tokenomic model that is um, sort of like contained within within the DAO as a sort of like crypto economic game to incentivize uh, dragging liquidity, like bringing liquidity to the to pools that actually matter to the to the ecosystem, right? So um, 
what are the pieces that we need for for that cake? We need um, we need voting votes for LP positions, um, and then we need a mechanism that receives tokens and then distributes them to various pools, and then we need a mechanism for people to vote on these pools, right? So, um, how about now I can deposit my NTRN and then borrow the other side of a pool, like let's say Atom or um, or USDC, for example, right? Now I have these two sides. I can deposit them into um, a liquidity pool, and I can take that LP token and stake it into a voting vault, which then gives me voting power on that specific mechanism to like distribute incentives, right? But because you know the pool that I'm using to get the voting power um, is one of the pools that I can incentivize, I now have one locked a lot of liquidity into the system, but two, I'm also incentivized to continue being in the system because I'm now able to you know guide new tokens and revenue towards that that specific pool, right? And so by guiding which pools actually get added uh, as voting votes, the, the governance, the DAO of Neutron could essentially um, sort of have the power to curate the repositories for liquidity that they want to see in the ecosystem whilst driving sort of like capital efficiency, governance power, and, and sort of like DeFi activity in the chain um, as a whole. Um, obviously, that's a pretty like pretty degen sort of like architecture that I'm describing here, but, but I, you know, I, I think it's kind of like a cool thought experiment. Um, what would you guys think? Yeah, I think I think it's a I think it's a really cool idea. Uh, it's it's basically a little bit like gauge vote voting, but kind of like levered gauge voting in a way. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's really cool. I, I like it a lot. All right, who's building it? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, let's discuss. Let's discuss. It, let's discuss. <laughs> I, I think if we sort of like fast forward like a year or so from here, it, it will be interesting to sort of see, you know, just how that DeFi landscape changes and and all the sort of stuff that emerges, you know, um, interesting time for, for DeFi and Cosmos for sure. I think the, the voting vault, the voting votes are, are pretty cool stuff. I think playing around with, with stuff like that. I mean, anyway, if, say if you're like a lender or an LP provider or of all these things, like, the stakers are making all the decisions that and end up affecting you. So I think it kind of makes sense for for like LPs, lenders, other participants, and the like liquidity providers to have um, have governance vote without having to also have like their whole position staked. So personally, I think I think that goes a long way because it's going to bring more balance and as well as bringing a lot more liquidity. If you can have voting rights and be a liquidity provider at the same time, I think that, that that's going to be like kind of like where things go in the future, at least. Makes makes sense to me, at least. Also, yeah, what exactly. is, also, what is very interesting now is that Mars is finally on the same chain again as as Astro. I don't know if you if you guys were around uh, to the in the Terra days, but um, when the Astro wars were raging and and Mars were on and Mars and Astro were alongside on on Terra. Um, there alone were some very interesting primitives uh, building up just before the crash happened. So, um, yeah, I think that could be interesting as well in the future. Yeah, I think we're definitely yeah, interested in, in that as well as yeah. Apollo is one of the, the top top 10 to 15 holders of Astro. So I think we definitely have some potential ideas around kind of bringing, bringing them, that, that vibe back. RIP Terra, though. Yeah, good stuff. Let's um, back so, um, about the crash. <laughs> it's sort of yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's actually like I, I kind of see that all the time. Like there's a sort of synergies. You, you've got like your Delphi's, and obviously uh, the Neutron team were, you know, we're, we're building Lido on Terra, and we got Apollo, and, and you do sort of almost see this kind of rebirth of, of hopefully the better parts of, of the Terra ecosystem. 
Um, so we were going to have a bit of a Q&A at the end. Um, doesn't seem like there's many people uh, asking to come up. Um, so I, I just want to kind of wind it back a little bit um, and ask for anyone who wants to answer from the Delphi team, um, for, for a simple user, what's the best way for them to learn and to access and to, to get to grips with, with Mars Protocol? Okay, I can take that one. Um, so when we started uh, building on Cosmos, there was one very important thing for us, and that was um, starting to solve the the onboarding and um, yeah, the onboarding process for, for newcomers and, and also people who never used a, a money market before. So what we um, what we did to do uh, a thorough onboarding process is that we created docs.marsprotocol.io, um, which is like an almanac to, to just, or a, a Wikipedia for uh, the, the usage of our V1 version of the outpost. And um, also, if you go to neutron.marsprotocol.io, um, you will find in the footer like every every link that you that you need if you if you're lost on on the intro of the of the outpost. But um, also, the outpost UI was built to be as um, forthcoming as possible to to newcomers. So if you have a if you never have interacted with with uh, the Mars Protocol outpost. Uh, as soon as you connect your your wallet, you will um, be prompted by a tutorial explaining every part of the outpost and also like helping you to do your first deposit and um, yeah, get your first uh, gains on 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 an, on on your deposited uh, assets. Great. So that was that was uh, docs.marsprotocol.io for anybody who uh, who's looking to get get to grips with what's possible and what can be done with with Mars Protocol. Here and now, um, yeah, and I and I would add one thing. Uh, so one of the thing that uh, what we're doing in Mars is that we're we're uh, part of the vision is like to replicate that experience of the central exchange, which means that to create this beautiful UX UX that's intuitive as much as possible, and so user can come in and just use it, right? Even if they're not DGENs. and it's kind of like, uh, and that's actually really difficult to do, and that's kind of like what that is exactly what you know linky is working on and it's um and 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 what you'll see in mars v2 i don't know if you have a chance if you had a chance to see um the presentation that uh someone was talking about earlier but you'll see in mars v2 is that the uh the, the ux is going to be really really it's built to be intuitive uh, as much as possible and then to guide users through things um so so i think that you know huge kudos to linky who's, who's working on that right now Cool. Um, yeah, it was the uh, the OsmoCon presentation from uh, from July. Uh, definitely recommend anyone uh, to, to go and check that out. I think it is up on YouTube now. Actually, if you if you type in OsmoCon uh, Mars. Uh, okay, so uh, it doesn't seem like we have any community questions today. So uh, has anybody got any any parting comments? Gonna take that as a no. Um, okay, so just just kind of conscious of time, we've uh, we've we've come up to the hour mark. Um, so yeah, I just want to say thank you very much to to everyone for coming up and uh, and explaining everything about Mars Protocol today. Uh, I also see uh, Redphone from uh, from Delphi down in the down the yeah the gantry. Uh, big fan of your work, mate. Very good, Fred Meister, the uh, the, the Fred Master. Um, and so yeah, um, thank you to everyone for for coming along today. Um, as we said, Mars Protocol is now officially live on Neutron. You can go and use that right now. 
Uh, and uh, yeah, I look forward to going and learning about that myself and, and doing that myself. Uh, so yeah, thank you very much to everyone for, for today. Thanks for attending. And we'll see you again on the uh, on the next spaces. Goodbye, everybody. Peace. Thanks, everybody. That was fun. Cheers. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me as well. Anytime. Anytime. Thanks. See you later, guys. Bye-bye. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve. Mentality stuck in the burbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works. And we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt. We rape them under the earth. Sit and wonder about the worth and plate. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless. Trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets. Dead ants dragging out the max amount of pain. Payments, red down days, got them acting all bankless. Yo, fam, what? Check these tokenomics. They probing this bear, flexing broken honest. I had to lay my soul down. I'm just roasting honest. And then to end a long day, 11 bowls of chronic. Never known the politic, I was born to frolic. It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot. We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top. We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom. Over impossible loss, it's all moss. And I'm liking the odds. Fond doing the morning, forming mycological. Bonds. Click the cap, though the road is highly involved. Flip a coin, diary falls. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy. Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve. Mentality stuck in the burbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works. And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt. We rape them under the earth. Sit and wonder about the worth and play. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lace. Stacked in non toxic just to get a better place smacking on the hostage like the shit is play for keeps clowns white knight and all these maybellines they call it implausible when model after model keeps on ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats tearing apart your community all these low hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity got a planet in reach coming standard to each i'm on the back 10 stargazing after the siege commanding all the management to grab a few seats and then we'll round up the beasts and send a messenger east y'all better sign a release when i'm bumping these beats hands up if i I got motherfuckers drumming the streets. Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats. And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each. Motherfuckers, fuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy. Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve. Mentality stuck in the burbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works. And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt. We rape him under the earth. Sit and wonder about the worth and play. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served.